You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 29 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, I'm recovering from our Valentine's mm-hmm. Get together. Um, meeting Yeah, of, of, <laughs> uh, of, of last week, which is very pleasant. It's very good to see you. Um, and, um, well... Uh, we got we got plenty of football to discuss. I'm pleased to say on this week's podcast we have an interview with Mackenzie Brown, the manager of Millbrook, and also we welcome back an old friend of the podcast, the 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 archetypal wise man, of which there are many. It would be fair to say at Wing Canton, uh, Chris Wise, the manager there, he joins us um, as well. Um, uh, as I have been for the last couple of weeks, I, I think we need to address the. The I don't I mean is it an elephant in the room? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure it's an elephant, and he, I don't even know if it's in the room anymore. I think the elephant <laughs> has left the room, but uh, we are now uh, under no illusions that the uh, Western Peninsula League, the planned merger of the Tool Station Western League and the Southwest Peninsula League, is not going to happen. Certainly not in time for the uh, the start of next season. The uh, the hope I think had been that with the intervention of the Football Association that talks would be rekindled. Um, certainly that was the hope of the Western League board members that I've spoken to about this. But that is now definitively not the case. And yesterday the uh, the league received a letter from the Football Association confirming that, which means that next season, um, certainly in our Premier Division um, competition, the geography will stay as it is at the moment. So that means that we've, we will have teams, or we're likely to have teams, stretching from the Bristol, South Gloucestershire, North East Somerset area down into um, the tip of, of Cornwall. So that is the, the here and now. Um, the Western League have released a full statement. Now, the last time they did this... I, uh, I read the whole thing, which um, it, 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 as a talking book, I'm not entirely sure, um, unless you're using this podcast to help you to go to sleep, which I actually do with my own children. Um, <laughs> the um, and That's not a particularly um, gripping way of, of, of communicating this. The, the, the statement is on the website and it has been published on social media. It's, all, it's also obviously been sent to all of the clubs. So um, hopefully there will be a way for you to consume the full information. But I think what I... Uh, certainly from the people that I've spoken to uh, in the clubs and also on the podcast over the last couple of weeks, the, the real question appears to be, well, where do we go from here? Now, I think uh, to a certain extent, the league were waiting to hear from others about where we were going to go from here. The ball, it feels now, is back uh, in the league's court. And uh, there's one paragraph in the statement that I think is pertinent to that point, which is... In the short term, the board remain resolute in our belief that clubs competing in the Western League Premier Division must have their travel requirements addressed before next season. And we recognise the financial concern that the current uncertainty will inevitably cause. The board welcome the FA's proposal to consult on the future of Step 5 and 6 football in the southwest and with this in mind the western league will be conducting our own engagement exercise to ensure that all options are properly considered the league will issue a short survey to all clubs 
to ascertain their views and this will be followed up um, by a meeting and hopefully um, as the as the the days go by into next week um, the thinking not only about how we're going to cope next season also what options are available to the the league the board of the league and indeed the clubs and quite even possibly the, the, the supporters as well will become clearer and with that in mind hopefully we'll be able to sit down um, with a senior member of the board to really sort of go through this not just of course what's happened about the merger but also really where we go from here and, and in the short term indeed uh, what arrangements are going to be need and need to make um, for promotion and relegation next season because of course we have consistently talked this season about things like um, four teams going up from step six um, and clearly that is um, is now going to be need to be revisited so there's 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 um, one of the first questions off the rank anyway we will move on to the fixtures of Saturday the 18th of February and um, we're going to kick off in Barnstable uh, where the visitors were street but um, a good day at the office for Barnstable yeah, home side uh, coming home with a with a, with a wet sail, coming from behind to beat Street in this one, uh, two goals to one, uh, and that was yeah they were they were behind at half time as well, so a good comeback from uh, Barnsley, obviously having a great season, and it was Stu Balker and Reese Thomas helping them do that at Mill Road, so yeah a, a decent uh, decent uh, comeback victory. There's quite a few of them on the weekend actually. I'm not sure if we're going to touch on all of them in this uh, in this podcast, but yeah, Barnsley one of those sides to um, to overturn a deficit. Well, Bridgewater United, they have been having a bit of a wobble of late, but um, they seem to have steadied the ship at home to Tour Point Athletic. Yeah, absolutely. A, a 2-1 win for them at home. Um, yeah, beat the same opposition 5-1 pretty recently. So, uh, yeah, obviously can be can be said that it's tough to beat the same team twice in sort of short space of time. I think, obviously, uh, yeah, to sort of get, get a knack of, of how you play and whatnot. But, yeah, this uh, it, did, it did so happen that, that Bridgewater managed to complete the double. Uh, Jack Taylor knocking home a penalty uh, after Jack Thorne had been felled in the box, so that put them put Bridgewater one up pretty early. Uh, but yeah, Tour Point definitely came back into it and yeah, got back on, on level terms in the stroke of half time. And that was a, a penalty of their own. And uh, Curtis Damrell, another one of our, our leading marksmen, uh, put that one home. So that was uh, one all at the break. Uh, but then 20 minutes uh, into the second half, it was known goal that did the uh, did the damage in the end for. For, for Tour Point and gave Bridgewater uh, the 2-1 lead and that was they held on to that and uh, yeah got a 17th league victory of the, the season so yeah good uh, good turnaround from uh, Bridgewater coming uh, yeah coming back into form hopefully well we know that Falmouth Town at home are a very strong outfit we also know that Millbrook have been um, going through some pretty rough seas of late but that's not how it played out on Saturday Tom no, indeed, it was uh, yeah, good, good away win for, for Millbrook. Uh, two uh, two wins on the bounce now, uh, and it was a Jake Foster double uh, leading to a victory at Falmouth. Uh, first uh, first goal of the afternoon came off just seven minutes, so a real real strong start. And then that was yeah, that was how it remained for much of the afternoon, in fact. And uh, it was five minutes from time when when Foster scored again, so uh, scoring right at the start, and right at the end of the the contest. So uh, yeah, decent away win for Millbrook. Uh, for Falmouth drawing a rare blank. Um, that was a perfect opportunity for me to get back in touch with an old friend of the podcast, um, Mackenzie Brown, who we spoke to, of course, last season when Millbrook joined uh, the Western League. I started my conversation with Mackenzie by reflecting on that fantastic win at the weekend. Yeah, thanks, uh, Ian. Yeah, really good result. Uh, and it rounds off a couple of nice weeks for us because obviously we got a positive result against Cainshaw the week before and I can't actually remember the last time we got back-to-back wins. It's um, 
very difficult to come by in this league. It's such a challenge. Um, so to go away from home, especially to a place like Falmouth, which is um, always a really great place to play, fantastic support down there, as everyone knows about, makes it very difficult. Um, but the lads were brilliant uh, on a whole, and and yeah, fantastic result. Yeah, the, obviously the the, the form. Um, of late hasn't been great. I think actually those back-to-back wins were the first that you'd had since November. Um, mm. So, I mean, what what challenges have you been going through then? Um, I mean, it's always a challenge. I mean, you could be full strength in this league and, and, and still find it incredibly difficult. And we got off to a really good start. I think I think our, our challenge was in the summer. We, we lost 60-70% of the squad from last season for, for a variety of reasons. We had to integrate a new group of players um, into the club, um, we got off to a really good start, um, which was really promising. Um, and, and then maybe that that was never ever going to last. And uh, we had a couple of disappointing performances and, and, and results. And, and there's always a learning curve in there somewhere. Um, and then we got to a point really in December. I think we did struggle a little bit of availability, um, but November and December were a bit of a struggle. We were. We were losing in a silly manner. We were conceding really silly goals uh, and it was costing us. And um, we weren't able to really perform for 90 minutes. And there were moments in games where we were losing games just in like a little five-minute or a 10-minute period. Um, and, and, and that would be really frustrating because uh, the rest of the performance would be absolutely fine. Um, so there was lots of promise in the performances, but they were, they were never really complete. And then kind of after Christmas, we just kind of said, let's get back to basic and, and let's really focus on uh, on keeping a clean sheet and looking after the defensive side of our game because that's where you obviously start off your foundations with and we're able to do that we we, we didn't really like what we were doing in, in that we were a little bit more on the back foot um we got a nil nil at tour point on boxing day and then we drew nil nil again away at wellington i think on the the bank holiday of new year um so we were reasonably pleased with that but there was definitely something missing and um, and and we've kind of looked at that and put it right in the last few weeks. Our performances have been much more positive. And uh, even though we didn't get the result at Barnstable, we should have done. We should have beaten them that day. I think there was a number of comments after the game from quite a few of um, guys from, from, from their side of things who, who really said the scoreline should have been the other way around. And we were really pleased with that performance. Um, but yeah, I like to, I hope that we turn the corner. But you never know in this league; it's such a challenge. We got Welton on on Saturday, and and that will be just as difficult. But hopefully, the last few weeks, certainly since the new year, we, we we've seen a, an upturn in our performances, and hopefully, we can continue that. Because you're tenth in the table at the moment, which is perfectly respectable. Um, although there is a little gap between yourselves and Falmouth, which of course that win at the weekend has done you um, some good in closing that. But it's very very congested just below you, isn't it? It is. Um, it's, it's it's almost like kind of three different areas, three different areas of the league. You've got the top four or five or six teams, and then you have uh, that that middle pack, which is congested. And we were kind of at the top end of that middle pack in the first third of the season. Um, I think at one point we're even sixth or seventh. Uh, things were looking very rosy. In the last month or two months, we've we've been below the bottom half. So. I think where we are is is probably a fair reflection of, of where we are right now. I mean, they say the league table doesn't lie, and, and there's a lot in that. But it is tight, and, and at any any given weekend, you can move up or down two or three places. And and we've got, I would like to think on paper, as I've just been talking about how difficult the games are in this league, but we've got a month of home games, really, now. So we've, we've actually had quite a, a lot of our 
longer trips out of the way. I think we've only got to go to Street and Cabri Heath, and, and they're only our they're our longest trips now that remain this season. So on paper, we've actually got a fixture list that, whilst there's no guarantees. We do have a bit of an advantage in that we're playing at home. Uh, we've got some tough games coming up in the next couple of weeks with Saltash and Mausel, which doesn't really matter where you play them. They're always going to be difficult. But actually, it should give us that little bit of a push to finish the season on a high. And, and I'd like to think that where we are now is, is actually the lowest where we will finish. Mm-hmm. But we finished, we finished 12th last year. So if we finished tenth this year, for example, it wouldn't be a bad, um, a bad return, especially with, the, with, with a new squad. However, um, there's no guarantees that that's going to happen. You can quite easily drop down four or five positions in a few weeks. So we have to make sure that we carry on doing what we're doing right now. Uh, it's interesting. You, you mentioned obviously your finish last season. This is, of course, your your second season back in the Western League. How does it compare? to um to last season i mean do you think that the standard of football that you're watching is as good as it was last season uh yeah it's just it's just as challenging without a doubt uh i mean i think in the 18 19 months or so that we've been in the league i can't really recall a kind of an easy game like maybe one i think maybe we played Bridport away last year and that was quite straightforward but I think that's the only game in, in 18 months or so that has been considered like a foregone conclusion after 45 minutes all the others have been really difficult so the league continues to be a huge challenge um, I've said that a few times I know but it's a fantastic challenge as well and it's one something that we, we really enjoy um, that brings us on to the elephant in the room, which, of course, is the news that um, the merger of the Western League with the South West Peninsula League isn't going to happen now. I mean, what does that news mean to your football club? I obviously speak on behalf of Millbrook, I suppose, in a way, but my viewpoints may even be different to Millbrook's as a football club. Um, Millbrook is probably one of the most vulnerable clubs in the league. Uh, it's certainly the most vulnerable club um, out of the, the Cornish sides, I would say, in terms of the resources it, it doesn't have at its disposal, the support and the backing that it gets through the gates. It's it's the, the weakest in that sense. Um, we, we don't have a budget, okay, which puts us on a different level to, to other clubs as well. So it makes the Western League a very difficult proposition for the club. There's no getting away from that. However, what I will say is we as a Cornish club, just like the other five or six Cornish clubs that have been promoted into the division in the last couple of years, we knew exactly, in a way, what we were getting into. Uh, we knew by getting promotion into this league, we knew the travel that would entail, we knew the challenge that would be. And whilst our eyes may have not been completely open to it, we had a rough idea that it wasn't going to be easy. And when Milbrook had to make the decision as a club, it was never straightforward. Um, there was an element of doubt. And and it's been something that the club has found off the pitch, an incredibly difficult challenge. And it doesn't always, I don't want to criticise anybody, but last weekend, for example, when we were at home at Canesham, all of the other Cornish teams were at home, I think, on the same day. And that has a huge impact on a club like us because we get literally handfuls of people watching us compared to some other clubs which might get 100, 200, 300, even four, 500, some of these clubs in the Western League. So from a logistical point of view and from a kind of an off-the-pitch point of view, I think the club finds it very difficult. I personally, as a manager, love the challenge of this league. I love the standard of this league. But it's finding the right balancing act there, I guess. And I think, like, geographically, we are in a really good position because we're, like, two hours from Mausel, we're two hours from, from Bristol, um, whereas, obviously, some of the clubs have to travel four or five hours in this in this division, which is just unsustainable. It's just ridiculous, really. It's very, very... I, I just don't understand how they do it, to be fair, the, the, the amount of times they have to do it in a season. Um 
So we're lucky in that sense geographically, but it doesn't make it any easier being in this league for the club. Um, I feel for the Bristol clubs because they were probably plodding along quite nicely and quite contently with their league a couple of years ago before the Cornish clubs obviously came into it. And all of a sudden, the landscape has changed massively for them. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're having to travel all the way down here five or six times a season. And that must be difficult for them. It must be. And we've obviously seen one or two clubs pull out. And I completely understand, obviously, what what they must be going through. Because football clubs at this level are a business at the end of the day. And it's about being sustainable when businesses, successful businesses are run on, on obviously, revenue coming into the club being greater than the outgoings um, that they obviously have to spend and it makes it a challenge with the cost of everything increasing but I think from Millbrook's point of view as a football club I, I, I can't speak for the chairman I can't speak for the secretary or anyone like that but I imagine they're probably disappointed that the merger's fallen through because I think we had a meeting at the end of last season and I as a manager voiced my um, kind of opinion and my concerns that Millbrook weren't able to operate in this league because as I say we found it very difficult at the back end of last year because we didn't have the resources needed and I've, I've made those 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 kind of um, concerns I would voice those concerns to the club and they said no we can do it we can fair play to them like that they, they showed that ambition but I do think the club struggles so I think they probably would have welcomed the news of the merger just because it would have brought costs down considerably in a, in a number of different areas um, however, for me as a manager, like the merger would have been a negative thing in terms of obviously the standard. Um, but again, the, the most important thing is without a shadow of a doubt, not my personal ambition or the players' personal ambition, but the football club. And, and the football clubs in this league, the most important thing is that they remain standing and, and, and that is um, that has to be fundamental. So going forward, do you have... Uh, any preferences on how you think Step 5 football can be managed in the southwest of England? Obviously, you've spoken there very eloquently about competition and the standard mm. of competition, but you've also talked about sustainability and the issue that clubs have with their resources. So, I mean, do you think that it, this this situation does need to be addressed somehow, or do you think that this is actually just step five and if for clubs who want to compete at this level they just need to play with the cards that they're dealt no I don't because I think step five I, I agree with that to a certain extent because step five football should come with the challenge of, of having to travel and having to make longer distances 100% and fair play to those clubs that have done it in the past in, in the recent kind of decades you've had obviously Parkway and Tavistock that have done it Exmouth have done it Truro have clearly done it from down here and they've got great ambition and fair play to them they've got the resources that can, that can help them there but I just I, I do think there has to be um, step five clubs should expect to have to travel, and that's what the that that's what the kind of the, the level brings. But and I'm not talking about Millbrook here because we don't have to face this issue. But travelling four hours for a game of football at this level, I think, is far fetched. And, and and clubs having to leave at eight in the morning and get home at eight nine or nine for a game of football. Um, at this level, I think is 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 a bit much. I mean, doing what we do, I think is fine. A couple of hours either way, I don't think you can have any complaints about that um, at this level. I don't know what the answer is. I, I mean, I, I'd heard whispers that maybe there would continue to be like a, a, a division at this end of of the county that would be set five, and one at that end of the of, of the southwest that would be set five. And ultimately, all that would have done is, I imagine, brought it back to what the landscape looked like four or five years ago when we were in the Peninsula League. Um, and it would just been obviously a rebranded a step five team, but 
you're going to have clubs. What happens when they win that division? Um, if they win that division, they're going to have to obviously eventually take on this further travel, which clubs have done before us. So it's not easy because of where we're located. And I don't really know what the answer is. Um, maybe you have ambitious clubs that want to travel up through the leagues. And I know there's a few of those. But then there's also clubs that um, who, who just need to perhaps stay kind of where they are because of what resources they have available to them. Um, it's a very difficult question to answer. Well, let's get on to one that's a lot more straightforward. Welton Rovers at the weekend. You mentioned that um, earlier in the uh, in the interview. You're in uh, a good run of form. They have been of late. And, of course, the two of you are locked quite closely together in the league table. So that's going to be a really cracking game. Yeah, we had a really tough game up there. I think um, when we went up there earlier in the season, they had played on the Wednesday night and we hadn't. I think that might have worked in our favour. I think come the end of the game, they were perhaps feeling the effects of that Wednesday night fixture, whereas we were maybe a little bit fresher and that probably worked in our favour. But there's no doubt I've been keeping an eye on some of their results and, and they've had some really close results, even though the feats have been close and some really good wins as well. I think they beat uh, they beat Bridgewater didn't they the other week? So there's no doubt that they're on a, that they're in a good run of form themselves. And yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult game um, for us. It's going to be a difficult game for them. And um, hopefully we can just do what we've been doing in recent weeks. And that's all we ask for really. Like when we have performed in the manner that we have, like the, the, our best our best performance of the season, I'll probably maintain is when we lost the Barnsley a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we've beaten Mousel, we've beaten Bridgewater this year. But that was probably our best performance. So I said to the lads, as long as they're performing like that um, week after week, then we can't really have too many complaints regardless of the result. So they've set the standard now in recent weeks. It's up to us to, to hit those to give us any chance at all against Walton. And then you've got a couple of absolutely monstrous games. Uh, you've got Saltash and Mousel. Uh, I mean, how do you view those games? I mean, are you treating them like a bit of a free hit or is that an opportunity for your players to go out and show everybody just how good they can be on their day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're a free hit in a way because I think anyone really expects us to, to win them. I think they're the top two teams in the division at the moment in, in terms of the table. So no one really from outside of the club will be probably expecting us to do anything in those games. However, we've already beaten Mousel away from home this season. I think we're the only team to beat them uh, in the league. Um, and last year we had a couple of, in recent years, we had a couple of big games against Soltash, massive games and we beat them in the FA Cup and we drew them on Boxing Day so we know that they're two teams that we can take points from we've got home advantage against Mausel where it's only up the road Soltash so it's both midweek games and equally the, the, the pressure is on them really like they're the ones fighting it out for the league um, so they're, they're, the three points for them is, is, is integral really for, the, for them to carry on as they want to win it um, if, if that's what they want and, and we can just go and enjoy the game and, and hopefully um, cause an upset on paper but you know, we, we, to be honest you play Seltash, you play Mousel it won't be too much different playing Welton this week the challenge really will be kind of on the same level and the quality might be a little bit higher in certain areas but it will come down to us and if, and if we're on our game then we'll certainly give them a good game and we've got a chance of picking up some points Brilliant Mackenzie thank you so much um, for taking the time to speak to us and good luck for the rest of the season No problem thanks Ian And my thanks to Mackenzie for his time now, we move on to Helston Athletic against Ilfracombe Town. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will know that um, in the reverse of this fixture this season, um, I was at Ilfracombe Town when they played out a nil-all draw against Helston 
And um, I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining day out. But then again, I would, wouldn't I? Well, mm-hmm. it looks like they saved up all of their goals for this game, Tom. Ah, absolutely, yeah. Definitely after after half time. Uh, so it did, as I said, uh, a goalless draw pretty recently between the two sides. Uh, and it was only one goal at the interval that, that, that separated them on this occasion. And that was Jamie Simmons uh, giving Helston uh, a one goal advantage, as I say. But uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, really pushed on in the in the second half. Uh, further goals from Tegan Rosenquest, uh, Ruben Wilson, and Rocco Hill, uh, giving them a four-one win. So yeah, Helston uh, really um, yeah coming 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 strong against Dilfrum and, and bagging a four-one win. And as always, well worth checking out the video footage um, produced by Pyrrhon Films um, of that game. Um, excellent quality as always. And finally, in the Premier Division, Mausel. So they were at home to Ashton and Backwell. United. Now, I've got a sneaky suspicion that last season, Ashton and Backwell did a bit of a number on Mausel, but that wasn't how this one played out, Tom. Yeah, definitely not. And, uh, yeah, not at the moment, especially. Mausel, uh, nine matches in a row they've won in the league now, so uh, no surprise that they came home with another three points on the weekend. Uh, Callum McConey uh, had in, hand in the Cornish side the lead after 28 minutes. Uh, and then just before half-time, Hayden Turner added a second, so that really... Obviously gave him a gave him a fillip going into the into the break and then then it was Josh Bissett wrapping things up so uh, yeah he scored in stoppage time uh, but yeah another three points from Mazel they really are uh, yeah really are on some form at the moment. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, we'll have a look at the games taking place in the first division and we'll kick off with Brislington. They've been in excellent form um, of late and that continued at home to Almondsbury. Yeah, they're probably the uh, yeah the, the mouths all of of the first at the moment. They seem to be uh, winning a lot, not many, <laughs> not letting in many goals and, and scoring a fair few themselves. So uh, yeah, not not a bad combination, of course. Uh, a four 0 win for them uh, over Armandsbury at the weekend. Uh, they've been pretty unstoppable, you'd say, uh, recently. Uh, Joe, Jordan Scadding opening the scoring for them from the spot, uh, and that was how it stayed for for the entire first half. In fact, so it was uh, yeah tighter than. Tighter than maybe some would have would have given them credit for, and the Almonds were were definitely in the game uh, around the hour mark before losing Matt Payton to a red card. So uh, that put them put them very much up against it, and uh, yeah, Brissenden uh, used that extra man to, to really push home in the last 25 minutes or so. Uh, deflected effort from Danny Dollymead doubling their lead, uh, and then it was a Lewis Dunfrey kick and Nash McGrain goal four minutes from time. Uh, yeah, completing the victory. So a four 0 win for Brissenden at home to Almondsbury, and they keep uh, keep their winning run going. And next is another one of our high-flying sides, the league leaders, no less. Nowsy and Tickenham, they were at home to Longwell Green Sports, and this proved to be a pretty routine home win. Yeah, and they've reached the uh, the 70-point mark, uh, the first team to do so this season in, in the process. And Nowsy and Tickenham having a having a cracking season. Uh, Luke Osgood, uh, he's amongst the uh, the leading scorers, and we'll touch on that in a in a in a, in a short moment. Uh, he uh, yeah, he was um, he was on target again. Uh, but it was teammate Jacob O'Donnell who did uh, who did the most damage. He scored twice uh, on on Saturday afternoon. So a good good three 0 win for Nelson Tickenham at home to Longwell Green Sports. Now we move on to Shirehampton. Uh, we of course had them on the podcast last week, and the podcast uh, the curse of the podcast appears to have avoided them, and they managed to pick all three mm-hmm. points up against Warminster in a five goal thriller. Tom. 
Absolutely. It very nearly had the, the, the curse was very nearly uh, in play, uh, but Shirehampton managed to eventually come through 3-2 uh, victors over Warminster, as you say, and yeah, this was definitely where the late drama was on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it looked to be looked to be uh, yeah, pretty not routine victory, but Shirehampton looked to be uh, pushing towards uh, the, the three points pretty comfortably. Scott Bamford striking for the second time to put them put them two goals to the good uh, towards uh, just before half time. That's obviously that's a decent little lead they put together there. But Warminster had a rudder and uh, yeah came back into it. Uh, penalty helping them uh, half the deficit, and then they managed to to get back on level terms ten minutes into the second half. So obviously that. Set up, a, set up an entertaining finish and it was in the 92nd minute uh, where Shirehampton finally uh, finally managed to, to, to grab the three points and it was Bamford strike partner Ryan Radford who'd uh, provided the assists I'm led to believe on the first two goals of the afternoon so those two uh, in, 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 in contrib- uh, contributing uh, heavily uh, and as I say it was Radford who scored the winner uh, two minutes into stoppage time and uh, yeah fifth place Shirehampton scoring all three points and finally Tetherington Rocks uh, they were at home to Wincanton Town and, uh, well, Wincanton running out 3-0 winners. Tom, I guess we we can safely say that they were at the races. <laughs> they were on Saturday, but, it, yeah, definitely uh, game started uh, in, um, well, very bad fashion for them. They were a man down after only five minutes and it was the goalie nonetheless. Uh, nonetheless, Charlie Bin sent off for a, for a handball. Uh, I'm assuming it's that must have been outside the area, similar to, to Nick Pope in the, in the Premier League on the weekend. Uh, and uh, as a, yeah, that, that definitely put them up against it after only five minutes, uh, having to deal with that. But uh, yeah, they managed to managed to to claim a three 0 win. So a real impressive afternoon out for for Wincanton. But there is some consternation over who their goal scorers are. Tom, is that correct? I, I just yeah, I've not not seen any um, uh, any update on that, just, so I wouldn't be able to to fill it in. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Right then, well, in that case, <clears throat> we need to take that up with the manager. And what a perfect place to start my conversation with Chris Wise than by asking him, who scored your goals? Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy game, to be honest. Um, as I said, the, the, the keeper got sent off, um, 17-year-old keeper, 20 seconds into his debut, um, which not... Far from ideal, definitely far from ideal. Um, our our centre forward and striker Matt Garner then went in goal for the game, and the goals came from um, centre back Cam Veer got two, uh, he, he got two, and then a substitute coming on Dan Quirk got the third late on. Yeah, it was a real, real dogged display really. Literally, I've never been in the position before where we've had ten men for the whole 90 minutes plus extra time, etc. So, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one. But, yeah, it was un- unbelievable grit and determination from the lads. Couldn't ask for any more. And just the sort of performance I'm sure you were pleased to see after your game against Brislington. Oh, the, the Brislington game was absolutely catastrophic. It was just the whole day was a, an absolute nightmare. They Don't get me wrong, they were very, very, very good and are uh, the best team I've seen in this division by a long, long way. But... Anything that could have gone wrong for us on that day did. Um, the keeper got injured in the warm-up and told me at 10 to 3 he couldn't play. And I can't play, I can't move. But we didn't have another option, so I kind of gently coerced him into playing. And maybe that was potentially the wrong decision. As um, yeah, it, We were 3-0 down in five minutes. Um, his kind of mobility was restricted so much and... They, they were very, very, very good. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Brisbane, but it was just a, a shocking day for, for us. And um, 
one I've kind of rarely experienced as a manager, thankfully. So it it took a little bit of getting up after that. And we arranged a friendly uh, in between that and the Tiverton games with our neighbours Sherbourne at Sherbourne in the midweek. We had a friendly there. Um, they didn't have a fixture either Saturday, so they were keen for it. And we were obviously keen for it to kind of sort out what had gone wrong from the Bridlington game. So we had the friendly match and kind of got rid of a few of the issues that we had and a few problems that we knew kind of we had in the camp and find them out, put in a really good display. And then thankfully we took it into the Tiverington game. And we, we were brilliant on that day. We were, we were brilliant against them. Um, Ten men, like I said, for the whole game, still dominated possession, chances. Uh, the effort and work rate was absolutely second to none and the, the quality had just gone up so much from what we've seen in recent weeks because that Brislington result, yeah, it was it was a shocking, horrendous result but also that in that week we lost 2-1 at Almondsbury as well on the Tuesday night so it was just a, a bad, bad week really so to be able to bounce back from those kind of two results with a 3-0 away win was amazing although I can't lie with um, when after those two results, when your keeper gets sent off after 20 seconds, you do start to think, oh, God, here, here we go again. But thanks. <laughs> yeah. they, they bounced back, and yeah, I couldn't have asked for any more. It was, it was a great display from there. Because regular listeners to the podcast will know that, you know, I, I keep an eye out for your results. No, you know, no puns intended. Um, but, you know, you're always one of those sides that I, I, I always associate with going very well in the in the first division. And, I mean, notwithstanding what you've just described about the recent run, actually, over the winter period, you, you have had very patchy form, haven't you? I mean, you had a very good result um, against Odd Down, which was bookended by defeats to Gillingham and, um, and Cheddar. So, I mean, is it fair to say that your form's been a bit in and out this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, we got off to the season uh, amazingly well, and we were flying. We had a really good FA Cup run, and we just we have been hit hard, harder this year by injuries than I've ever had. I mean, the captain Dan Wiley is a massive player for us. He's played three lots of ninety minutes all season. Um, our, our two centre forwards, Connor Connor Williams and Matt Garner, they started the season so well. After 10 games, I think one of them had scored 11, the other had scored nine, and then neither of them played for the next two and a half months. And it's we've, we've really suffered with injuries. Our, our right-back, who was kind of almost ever-present last year, Danny Golden, was amazing for us. Um, he hadn't kicked a ball all season. And we have suffered with injuries, um, but it isn't the sole cause. We've had a few lacks of discipline. The Gillingham game you talk about, we lost 3-0 at home, but... We, again, we played for over an hour with nine men, not ten. So we had we had a player sent off after five minutes, and then another one about twenty minutes later. So again, against any team in this league, you play with nine men, you're not going to come out with anything. And the, the Cheddar game again, we went into that Cheddar game um, thinking that yeah, this is the sort of place we can come and get a result, and we were just really poor on the day, really poor on the day, and we're very deservedly beaten so we we have been inconsistent we have had patches of really good performances as you you mentioned we'd be odd down 7-2 at home and that i think i still think now odd down are a very good side so to kind of put a result together like that was really encouraging but as you said you then go and kind of slip up in other areas and that's kind of what we spoke about really with the lads that to try and get anything still out of the season like we need to now hit that consistent run of form as we did last year. I mean, I'm not saying that we're going to have a similar run. We weren't 
We went 23 games unbeaten last year, and I think we won 19, 20 of them. Um, I'm not saying we're going to do that again, but we need to put a run together. We definitely do, because at the minute, we'll have a great result on a Saturday, slip up the next week. And you, you see it every year in this league, and it, well, in every league, to be honest, that the, the teams that do best are the teams that just consistently grind out wins over the season. I think we've either blown teams away or come unstuck. We need to get back to being able to do the nitty-gritty and coming away with those little 1-0 wins, 2-1 wins, as that was a big feature of us last year. But this year, it seems we either absolutely blow teams away and get convincing 4, 5, 6, 7-0 victories, or we do potentially come unstuck. So it's definitely an area of focus for us, without a doubt. I mean, do you think that it is the sort of the bad luck you've been having with injuries and the ill-discipline that's cost you this season? Or do you think actually what you've seen in the first division this season is uh, an increase in the standard from last season? It's definitely an increase. Definitely an increase without um, without a shadow of a doubt. I think it's definitely stronger than last year. So that that is definitely a factor. Um, but I still think on our day, at full strength, with everyone available, we're, we're a match and we can give anyone a, a game in this league. Yeah, as I said, Brisington absolutely blew us away at their place earlier in the season with a full squad. We drew three all and it was a really good game. Yeah, we scored a couple of late goals to get a point, um, but it was a really good game and a, a real tightly fought game. Um, they, they are the best team I've seen in this league and I, I think they'll they'll eventually win it. Um, but there are other good teams as well. Wells, Nailsy, um and but there aren't many what you call kind of easy easy games. I mean, Hallen have given us good games twice this year. Bishop Sutton's always a hard game. There's always there's tough fixtures kind of wherever you look. Um, so for me, the standard has definitely gone up. But kind of an overriding factor has definitely been with us kind of a bit of a lack of discipline and, and mainly the, the injuries to kind of key people at key times, um, which has hampered us definitely along the way. Now, I know you're a man who likes to keep up with current affairs, so I'm sure it won't have escaped your attention that um, the talks with the Southwest Peninsula League have broken down over the creation of um, what was going to be the new Western Peninsula League. Um, what does that mean to a club like Wincanton Town? It's a strange one. It's, it's disappointing. and I think people may look at it and think, Do you know what, Wincanton are seventh in Div 1. It doesn't really affect them, but they'd be wrong to say that, and they, they'd be wrong to think that is. The breakdown of these talks isn't necessarily just a short-term issue that, that, that we've potentially lost or, or come up against. It's a long-term problem now that it's potentially going to affect clubs for the next one, two, three, four, however many years. Um, I think that the lack of communication around it all as well, it's just kind of, it was all running along smoothly and then all of a sudden it all just kind of um, looked like it had hit the proverbial fan from nowhere on Twitter and, and it's, it's sent clubs into a bit of a panic. And of course, same as anyone in this league, my my immediate interests are Wincanton Town, same as every other club, look after themselves. But you, you do look at it kind of as the overall bigger picture and it just seems a mess, to be honest, and a, a crying shame that clubs, are, and it's going to be clubs that effectively will this will affect for years and years to come over over issues which which look administration issues etc which looks like they were potentially avoidable and that the clubs are the ones that are going to suffer for this and just hope none of them are going to suffer too bad or none that are potentially going to kind of go out of business as a result um going back to your original question how does it affect us um in the short term the answer i guess would be i, I don't know 
I don't know what it means for this season. Obviously, all, all this season, we've been talking about a top four being promoted from Div 1 to go into this new merged league. There's been kind of nothing I've seen so far to say that what what the situation is now, whether it's kind of back to a playoff position where the top team goes off and teams second to six are then get, aiming to get into the Prem in a playoff, same as we had last year. Um so I don't really know in the short term how it affects us. In the longer term, our goal and our aim is still to go up to that Premier Division. It's still where we want to be. It's still where we're striving to be. And yes, I can't lie. We, I think it's quite kind of well known and documented that compared to even the clubs around us, really, um, we don't have the resources in some of the clubs. So it would, it would definitely be an increased burden because these talks and this merger have broken down. It would definitely be harder for us without a shadow of a doubt. And I think I, I can speak on behalf of the club to say that we would have obviously preferred the merger to go ahead because going up into that Premier Division with the, kind of the excess travel, etc., that ultimately that just costs money and then potentially puts clubs at risk. Obviously, if you can play at the higher level of football but don't quite have to do that amount of miles, it's win-win for everybody. But... Our, our kind of goal is the same. We still want to get promoted. We want to go up to the Premier Division. How that will be, when that will be, we don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of the immediate goal of the club hasn't changed, that we still want to go up and progress. Well, let's get back to talking about the football. And um, you've got Bishops Lydiard up next. Now, I, I have seen them this season, and I was impressed, actually. I thought they were a good side. Their results haven't been too good of late. But um, uh, I guess... That you know, that that's a game you really need to um, to to win in order to keep you know what is obviously a positive run going after that Titherington result and sort of you know keep those ambitions of a top five finish alive. Definitely, absolutely. They um, I did say that they had a good win at the weekend. They beat um, Bristol Telephones, who have made some good signings and made some big signings there with. Um, uh, John Allen going in there, and they brought some players in who they'd definitely be stronger going this uh, for the second kind of part of the season. So to beat Telephones, that was no no mean feat really, and shows that they're not to be taken lightly. I think they drew with Hengrove the game before, so they're unbeaten in the last two. So they'll be going into the game with confidence, and it'll be a tough game. It definitely will. But as you kind of rightly say given the league position and where kind of they are in the table and where we are at the table, it, it's not an arrogant thing to say, to say that uh, we've, we've got to be looking to try and win that game. If we want to try and progress, and, and we, we do, we want to try and break into that kind of top five, which we do, then we've got to be looking at games at home against the likes of kind of Bishop Lydia, and we've got to be trying to take three points against that. I think anything else will be, um, will be a foolish thing to say. We've got to be looking to win those games, without a doubt. Now, the last time I spoke to you, um, you uh, were still playing your games, I believe, in Gillingham. Um, but the, the work that's been going on at uh, the Wincanton Sports Ground is, uh, is, is now well and truly over. In fact, I think one of the weather-interrupted weekends we had, you were the only team that actually managed to play a game um, at home, obviously. You, you, you know, it must be nice for you to be settling back into familiar surroundings. It, it is. It's absolutely brilliant to be back. I think um, look, we, anyone who's listened to this podcast who's played at Wincanton recently will know that the pitch is nowhere near where it needs to be from a finished article. We, we're very, very unlucky in that we decided to do this drainage work in the biggest drought this country's seen for 100 years. So it's, it's 
it has hampered us and it has affected us and the pitch isn't still recovered where it needs to be yet in terms of getting the, the grass back on the drainage lines, etc. But we're in the situation now where we need to get through to the summer, where we can then do more work and there's more work planned from the committee and the ground staff to get that pitch absolutely A1 come the start of next season. But the main thing for us and the big thing for us is, as you rightly say, the drainage is working absolutely amazingly. Yes, at the minute, the, the surface isn't where we want it to be and it doesn't look pretty, but it's working perfectly. It's working better than it's ever done. I mean, normally, if there's any rain in the Wincanton area, we're off for the next week, no matter what. But the new drainage system is working so efficiently. As you rightly said, the other week, we were the only game on in the Premier or First Division. And genuinely, it wasn't even a wet surface. Genuinely, that's how well the drainage system is working, which is a big, big positive for us because... Yes, it was it was great playing at Gillingham. They were really good to have us there, and we were really um, really appreciative of, of them having us there as well. But it's not our home. It's not where we are. It's not where we're based. So to be able to get back to Wincanton, albeit at the minute on a pitch, which we know isn't perfect, and we know we'll get a few moans and groans from players and managers visiting until the end of the season, but being back on our own pitch having the ability to be able to play games and then knowing that in the summer there is a load more work happening once again to get it exactly where it needs to be is a massive positive for us and something we're all really happy about. And my thanks, as always, to Chris for his time. Now, we'll take a, a look into the future. Saturday, the 25th of February, Tom. Um, which games have caught your eye uh, in the Premier Division? Well, I've gone for, uh, I think it was a pretty plum tie between Buckland and Mausel. Uh, two big winners on the weekend. Obviously, we yeah we mentioned Mausel's nine-match winning streak. Uh, they go to Buckland, which I would say was probably amongst the uh, the toughest away days of the, the season. So, uh, yeah, to uh, be, be, well, be a fantastic test. And I think it'll be a yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic game there on, on Saturday afternoon. And I am going to choose a game that uh, I actually talked about in my interview uh, with Mackenzie Brown and Millbrook are at home to Welton Rovers, two very evenly matched sides, very, very close in the league table, particularly in terms of points. Welton would have the opportunity to go above their hosts if they were to take all three points. I think this would be a fascinating game. And Tom, if we take a look into the first division, what game has tickled your fancy there? Gone for odd down Shireham. I seem to be picking odd down quite, quite, quite consistently, but I think, yeah, the home game against Shireham, I'm, I'm expecting goals. Uh, and obviously, Shirehampton uh, provided us with the uh, the late drama on the weekend. They got a couple of chaps uh, in uh, Bamford and Radford who seem to be uh, yeah pretty good, pretty good uh, good mood to to add to that their tallies uh, recently. So yeah, should be good good game in Bath on, on Saturday afternoon. And I'm going to go for Wales City against Warminster Town. Wales still um, handily placed in second in the table. Warminster um, a little way down. I, I keep on talking on the podcast about how well Warminster are doing. And every time I do that, they seem to lose. So I, I, I need <laughs> to stop doing that. But I still think that Warminster will give Wales a really good game. And of course, there is a bit of pressure on Wales. They're going to want to make sure that they keep up with uh, Nowsie and Tickenham and hold off Brislington. So uh, this is definitely more than a routine home game for uh, for them. Uh, now, we did the league tables last week, Tom. So I suggest we do the goal scorers uh, on this week's podcast. 
Absolutely, yeah. Let's 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 do that. We'll do the uh, league scorers this week. I think we did the overalls recently, so we'll go uh, league only. So this uh, obviously starting in the prem. Uh, we've got Curtis Damarell leading the way. So tour point, not a top half side, but Curtis Damarell doing all he can to to get them up there. 18 goals in the league so far this season for for Athletic. Uh, we've then got Streets Harry Foster in second on 17. Uh, Jacob Brown of Bridgewater on 16, uh, and then we've got Hayden Turner leading Malzall. Uh, with 15 and Ilfra Coombs Harry Stevens on 14 so that's the uh, the Prem uh, and then we've got quite a few chaps who've reached the, the 20 goal mark in, in the first uh, starting with Luke Bryan of uh, Opdown uh, 25 uh, and Scott Bamford who obviously will be going up against him obviously not directly but um, both on, on the field on Saturday afternoon hopefully um, uh, Shirehampton uh, Scott Bamford on 24 so just one behind Bryan in terms of league goals I think he's uh, in the overall uh, for all the cups and everything, I think he's uh, gone into top spot. But yeah, in league league only, he is in second, just behind Brian. Uh, you then got Sasha Tong of uh, Bristol, uh, 22, and then three guys on on 20. Uh, we've got Adam Wright of Wales, Craig Wilson of Bishop Sutton scored again on the weekend, a one nil win, so that was a, a crucial goal. Uh, and then Luke Osgood, who we also mentioned during the uh, the, 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 the the review, and uh, of Nails and Tickenham, he's also on 20. So yeah, plenty of goals flying in, especially in the first division. Excellent stuff, Tom. Uh, Of course, all of these statistics and more are available in your excellent um, Mm -hmm. bulletin. Uh, Where can the listeners find that? Yeah, indeed. That's on the uh, Tour Station League uh, official website. Uh, If you scroll down a little bit, it's on the left-hand side of the page. You can uh, download that every week. Well, thank you very much, as always, for your time. Um, They say that a week is a long time in politics. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like an eternity in the tool station western league i wonder what next week will bring us you'll you'll hear from me and tom on next week's tool station western league podcast